0: You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke 17 in your Bibles. This is, uh, I think, a familiar story. But as I was reading this week and preparing for the Thanksgiving Uh, message. Again, God spoke to me so much about this. We find in this passage, Brother Dan read for us, that Jesus was on his journey, and the Bible says on purpose he went through Samaria. Now, we find a similar account when we read about the woman at the well. Remember that story? And Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. That was a surprise to the disciples because The Jews did not deal with the Samaritans. They viewed the Samaritans as a a second class group of people and uh, they were the outcasts and they were uh, looked down upon. And yet, I'm glad that God is no respecter of persons. Aren't you glad for that? Doesn't matter what your background is, doesn't matter what your skin color is, doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank, doesn't matter your education. Doesn't matter what your last name is, I'm glad that God sees everyone on the same plane. And I'm glad that God loves us all so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for the entire world. But Jesus went through uh, Samaria and it says in verse number 12 that as he entered a certain place, a certain city, there met him 10 men who were lepers. Now, leprosy, of course, is still a very awful disease, but in Bible times there was no cure. If you were a leper, you were cast out of the city. You could not have contact with uh, people for fear that you would spread the disease. Uh, Leprosy was a very painful disease. It would literally eat away at your flesh and eat away at your body and Many times, uh, uh, fingers or, or toes would be missing just because of that leprosy. Sometimes it would get to the face and it could eat away at a nose or an ear and it could eventually kill you. But it's very painful. It's very miserable. Uh, you couldn't interact with society. You were, you, were, you were put out and you were no longer able to, to socialize or to be with friends and family. These lepers, they heard that Jesus was coming to town. And these lepers, they said, we have got to get some help. The doctors can't do it. The money can't do it. The, uh, the, the friends and the well-wishers can't do it. Uh, nobody else can help us. Nobody else can meet this need. But we've heard there's somebody who can heal us. And so as Jesus came, the Bible says that they stood afar off, and that was because they couldn't get close because of the, the laws, but they stood afar off. And with a loud voice, as they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Oh, aren't you glad that Jesus had mercy on them? I'm glad Jesus had mercy on me one day. I'm glad that Jesus saw, uh, he didn't just see my fault, but he looked beyond my fault. He saw my need and showed me mercy. And it says that when he saw them, he said unto them, this is so good. He says, I want you to go. I want you to go show yourself to the priest. The priest will give you a clean bill. You'll be uh, restored to your family. You'll be restored to society. And once you go and see the priest, you can carry on your life. You've been healed. And the Bible says they went their way. And as they went, as they obeyed what Jesus said to do, he didn't touch them. The Bible doesn't say that he prayed over them. The Bible doesn't say that he uh, uh, sat down with them and explained a lot. He just said, go, and you know what they did? They went. They obeyed. And the Bible says that as they went, it wasn't when they got to the priest, it was while they were on their way. As they went, the Bible says, they were cleansed. Wow. Can you imagine for those old boys? They had been lepers. They'd been so miserable They'd had such a rough time. They had been uh, physically and emotionally and, and psychologically, their lives had been just destroyed. And they're on their way to see the priest. And along the way, they look down and say, wait a second. Do you guys see what I see? Did anybody else get this too? We're cleansed. Our leprosy is gone. We have been healed. And the Bible says that as they were going, they were cleansed. But notice what it says in Verse number 15, there were 10, but it says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Hallelujah for that. He went back to give thanks. Verse number 16 and verse 17, Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed, but where are the nine There are not found that return to give a glory to God save or accept this stranger. I want to preach this morning not necessarily on the focus on the nine that should have been coming back to say thank you but I want to focus on the one and I want to challenge you this morning to be the one. There may not be a lot of other people in your family. There may not be a lot of other people at your workplace that will stop and give God thanks There may not be a lot of other Christian people you know that'll stop and give God thanks. I hope there will be. But I don't care what anybody else does. I can be thankful and you can be thankful and we can be the one to give thanks. Notice quickly, how did this man come to the point where he went and gave God thanks? Number one, I see that he realized the significance of what happened. You know, for most of us in our lives, we see miracles Often, we just are so busy, we don't realize it. Many of us will pray about something and God will answer the prayer and we'll, oh, wow, that's wonderful. And then we go on and we don't even stop to realize what God has done. You see, this man realized what happened in his life. He was a leper. He had no hope. He had no future. He had no family. He had no income. He struggled to survive. He was living under a death sentence. It was just a matter of time. It was a slow, miserable, painful death. His life was ruined. All of that was true until Jesus passed by. Can I tell you, when Jesus passes by, things change very quickly. Because when Jesus came, he went from being miserable to being joyful. When Jesus came, he went from being hopeless to being hopeful. When Jesus came, he went from being ruined to being restored. And when Jesus came, this man's life changed forever. He realized the significance of what happened. Now, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I wanna tell you, don't ever forget what happened the day that you got saved. You see, when you got saved, you didn't bring anything to the table. It wasn't you and God's grace. It wasn't you and the blood of Jesus. It was all of God and none of you. There was nothing you could do to get to heaven. If you had a thousand lifetimes and you had a a million years to live, you could never earn your way to heaven. I could never earn my way to heaven. It's all because of the grace of God. And don't ever forget what God did in your life. That's why some people aren't thankful. They just don't stop to realize how could God's pen. They don't stop to realize the fact that heaven is their home because of God's great gift of salvation. This man realized the significance of what happened. Number two, he returned to give God glory. which you notice what it says in verse 15? It says in one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he realized what happened. He turned back. Now let's be honest with ourselves. Nobody likes to turn around and go back and do something when you're on a trip when you're on a mission when you're on a project when you've got plans nobody wants to have to backtrack and go back to where they started can i tell you if that happens this week and you're going to visit the the family or visit friends for thanksgiving you don't want to be an hour down the road and then somebody says oh was i supposed to get the pies from the refrigerator Yeah, I'll tell you what you'll be doing. Before you'll drive an hour home, you'll swing by a cracker barrel and you'll get some different pies. But nobody wants to turn around. You know why? Because that slows up progress. That keeps us from getting to where we want to go and what we want to do. And you think this man didn't have an agenda? As soon as he got to the priest, he would be cleared to go back and see his family. Who knows how long it had been since he'd given his wife a hug. Who knows how long it had been since he had taken his children by the hand and went on a walk with them. Who knows how long it had been since he sat around a table with his mom and dad and his, his brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and, and cousins and, and who knows how long it had been since he'd been out in the field working with his buddies and who knows how long it had been since he'd been able to do any of that stuff. And now he's been healed and now he can go to the priest and he can go and do all these things he's been wanting to do for so long. But before he does that, he says, I got something else that needs to take place. He's cleansed. He's on his way to see the priest. But when he saw that he was healed, he said, I got to go back. That man healed me. That man saved my life. That man changed my destiny. That man uh, changed my future. And if he would do that for me, the least I can do is to turn around and go back and say thank you. He returned to give God the glory. His to-do list would have to wait. His plans would have to be put on hold. Nothing was more important to this leper than to go back and say thank you to the one who had healed him. He may have thought he was wasting time, He may have thought that it wasn't a big deal. But friend, I want to tell you, you're never wasting your time when you stop and you pause in your day and you say, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. You're never wasting your time when you come to the house of God and you worship and praise and magnify and glorify the name of God. Can I tell you, thanksgiving is never a waste of time. This man returned to give God the glory. But number three, oh, I love this. The Bible says that when he got back to Jesus, it says in verse number 15, he saw that he was healed and he turned back and with a whisper, verse 15, with a soft, quiet, faint whisper, he glorified God because he wouldn't want anybody to know He wouldn't want the word to get out that he was thankful. He wouldn't want to be one of those Christians that people can identify. Oh, he wouldn't want to, he wouldn't want to be happy. Boy, that would ruin his reputation. He wouldn't want to be thankful. Boy, he might be viewed as a softy, you know. He wouldn't want to be viewed as like somebody who was actually grateful for something. Are you kidding me? He went back and the Bible says with a loud voice. He didn't care who heard. As a matter of fact, he was kind of hoping other people would hear. He wanted his praise and his thanks to God, he wanted it to be broadcast to anybody who would listen. I want to let you know what God has done for me because what God has done for me, he could do it for you. And he raised his voice. Would you notice back up in verse number 13? Um, this is so powerful. I hadn't seen it till this week. And it says that when Jesus was coming to town, All 10 of these guys, they lifted up their voices because they were standing afar off. They were yelling. They were screaming. They weren't ashamed to ask Jesus for help. They weren't ashamed for crying out for mercy. But then this guy, after he got healed, he said, wait a second. If I could cry out for help and I could cry out for mercy... Now that I've got mercy, I think I can cry out some thanks. And I think I can shout aloud some thanks. And if I wasn't afraid who heard me asking for help, I shouldn't be worried about who hears me praising God for the help he gave. And here's what we do sometimes. I'm all for asking God for help. He wants us to ask. He commands us to ask. And we should ask. But if we ask God for help and we say, God, I need this. And God, I need this. And God, help me with this. And we cry out for help. And then God helps us. And we never respond with thanksgiving. Can I ask you, why would God... Continue to bless us, and why would God continue to do, and why would God continue to help if we're never willing to stop and say thank you when the help comes? This guy raised his voice crying for mercy. He said, if I can do that, I can raise my voice and glorify God. He raised his voice. He wasn't quiet about what happened. I wonder what people will hear you raise your voice about this week. And I think there are times when you need to raise your voice. And I think there's times when you need to be heard. But can I tell you, sometimes we raise our voices only about the negative. Can you believe this happened? Can you believe so-and-so did this? Can you believe that someone would have the audacity to... Hey, I'm telling you, we raise our voices of criticism. We raise our voices of griping and complaining and murmuring. Just look at the children of Israel in the wilderness. Every time you turn around, they're complaining about something. Every time you turn around, they're, they're mad at God about something. Hey, children of Israel, why don't you thank God for parting the Red Sea? Hey, children of Israel, why don't you thank God for the manna? Why don't you thank Him for the quail? Why don't you thank Him for His blessing? And why do you thank Him for the fact that He is leading you every step of the way? It's time to raise our voice. It's time to let others know. It's time to let other people uh, uh, know that we are thankful and we are grateful and we're not ashamed of of praising God for His goodness to us. Number four, this man, he had reverence for the master. Notice when he got back, he says, he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Now, I understand he had just experienced a miracle, And so I understand he was giving God thanks for that miracle. But I want to tell you something, friend. We don't just thank God for what he's done, although we should thank him for what he's done. We ought to thank God every day for who he is. We ought to thank God for his goodness and his mercy and his long-suffering, but we also ought to thank him and praise him for his power. And we ought to thank him and praise him for the fact that he even created us. You understand you wouldn't be here today if it weren't for God. And you certainly, and I certainly wouldn't be on my way to heaven if it were not for the mercy of God. But he fell and he had reverence for the master. Oh, I tell you, may God help us to get reverent again. I think we ought to have reverence in the house of God. I think we ought to have reverence when we come to church. But I'll tell you this, I think we ought to have reverence 24-7. I think when we come into the presence of God and when we open his word and when we spend time with God, I think we ought to realize who God is. We're not on an equal plane with God, friend. It's not God needs us. It's we need him and without him we can do nothing. This man had a reverence for the master, but then number five, he recognized his responsibility. He recognized what Jesus had done in his life and he knew there was nothing he could do to repay Jesus. He could not repay the debt, but he could say thanks for the debt that had been paid. You see, we have a responsibility to render thanks and honor and glory unto God for what he has done for us. It's amazing to me that if this man had followed the crowd, he never would have come back to thank God because there were 90% that didn't come back. There were nine out of ten that didn't say thank you. But this man said, I don't don't care what these guys are going to do. That's up to them. That's between them and the Lord. But I know what I need to do. I need to stop. And I need to go back. And I need to give God thanks. And I need to give God glory for what he has done in my life. He recognized his responsibility. Next, I see number six. This man remembered. Who he was. Would you notice in verse number 16, it says, He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Now, I understand that this is written for us. This is the Gospel of Luke, and the Holy Spirit of God inspired uh, Luke, Dr. Luke, to write these, these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting to me that that phrase is added just as a reminder to us, hey, this guy, he was a Samaritan. He wasn't a Jew. He wasn't a part of the who's who. He didn't have anything he could offer Jesus. He didn't have anything he could do for Jesus. He was an outcast. He was a man who was a leper. This was a man who was in bad shape. But yet this man never forgot who he was. He never forgot that he was unworthy. Just like you and just like me. I'm afraid sometimes we're not thankful because the longer we live and the more we're in church and the more we maybe grow in Christ or think we grow in Christ, sometimes we start to think that we deserve something good. Sometimes we... Just kind of take for granted the blessings. Friend, can I remind you that while we live in the United States of America and we enjoy running water and we enjoy electricity and we enjoy food and we enjoy shelter, can I remind you that there are nations in this world where people would love to trade places with you and if they did, they think they were the king of the land. But yet we sometimes are not thankful. We just complain about what we don't have. Because sometimes we think we do deserve. We think we do deserve a better this, or we think we deserve a better that, or we think that God gave us a a bad deal, or God didn't give us a fair shake. Friend, I want to tell you, what we deserve is a place in hell. As a matter of fact, we already had a place. We already had a place reserved in hell. The Bible says that we had been condemned. We had been judged already. We were on our way to hell. But God in his mercy reached down and saved an unworthy sinner and made him not just a servant, but made him a son. God made you and me. His sons and his daughters, we are uh, children, we are sons of God, we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and we never ever deserved it, but God was willing to reach down and save us. This man remembered who he was, and then lastly, I want to see verse number 19. I've read this passage so many times, and I've heard it preached many times. But I never saw it quite like this before, and I want you to f- stay with me here. You, gotta have to, you have to think. So if your person next to you is falling asleep, kind of give them a, a little subtle elbow or a pinch or something like that, or maybe a smack if they're hard, hard at waking up. Verse number 19, and he said unto him, now this is Jesus speaking to this one man who came back to say thank you. He said unto him, the nine have already gone, they're already on their way to see the priest. He said unto him, arise, he says, get up, go your way, get get about your business, go see your family, go see your friends, go do what you need to do. But then he makes this statement. He says, thy faith hath made thee, what's that last word? Whole. Now, that's not what it says about the 10 lepers in verse 14. Verse 14 says, all 10 of them were cleansed. That means they were healed of the leprosy. So all 10 of them are on their way to see the priest and they all 10 received healing. They all 10 received cleansing. But now this one man goes back to say thank you to Jesus. And after he gives thanks to God, Jesus says to this one man, he says, hey, get up, buddy. I want you to go your way. And while you go, I just want to tell you something. Your faith has made you whole. That word whole, it means to be saved. It means to be delivered. See, this man got a whole lot more than just physical healing. Now, all 10 of those guys, they got physical healing when they were cleansed, when they obeyed and they went to see the priest. But this man came back and he said, God, I want to thank you. And God, I want to tell you how good you've been. And Jesus said, hey, buddy, I want to tell you something. Your faith has made you whole. See, this man got a whole lot more than just physical healing. He got spiritual healing. He got more than just the leprosy being cleansed. He had his sins forgiven. He had not only the rest of his earthly life to live now and to enjoy, but he had an eternity that he could live and enjoy and spend in a place called heaven because he got saved. Now, I don't know whatever happened to the other nine. I hope eventually, I hope they came back. I hope they realized it. I hope they realized that Jesus was more than just uh, somebody that could heal the sick. But I know one thing, this guy got saved. And I want to tell you, friend, if you're here today and you've been saved by the grace of God, you've got something to be thankful for. And you've got something that you ought to be thankful for for the rest of your life. As a matter of fact, when we get to heaven, your thanks and my thanks will not end. The Bible tells us in heaven, we will still worship and magnify and glorify the, the lamb who was slain and we'll do it forever and ever. Can I tell you, he's worthy of our thanks. If you've been saved by the grace of God, if your faith has made you whole, you've got reason to give thanks and you've got reason to go and tell others about it. I think that's what Jesus was saying in verse 19. He said, hey, buddy, listen, I'm glad you're here, and I I, I accept your thanks, but I want you to get up. I want you to go your way. I want you to go do what you're supposed to do, and I want to remind you, your faith has made you whole. That's something worth telling others about, isn't it? Can Can you tell me this? If this man had been saved, do you think he had reason to be thankful? Oh, yeah. If this man had been saved and he was saved, do you think he had reason to tell others? Oh, yeah. Because when you get saved, you've got reason to give God thanks. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.